Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho Ha <laughs> ha Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? Now how do I get out of this body? No, I won't tell you. Yeah? <laughs> tell me you died, John. Your choice. No, no, I, I'll tell you. You have to transfer your soul out of the dark. Into the... That of the first human being you revealed your true self to. You mean the first person I let in on the fact that I was really alive? <laughs> I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. The first person I let in on my little secret was a six-year-old kid. I'm gonna be six years old again. Well, John, it's been fun, but I gotta go. I have a date with a six-year-old boy. You have a date with death. Welcome to Sleep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike McMasunas. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing great, guys. It's been a good morning. I just recorded a super long episode of CCP, which you probably already know that because I uploaded it already, and it was awesome. It was America's co-host and, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Jason. It was super fun. I know it was really long, but, man, it was some good times. Dude, we did, like, almost 30 shows so you you can't expect that episode to be shorter than, you know, almost three hours. So it was super fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And today is Child's Play. I am super pumped to be talking Child's Play. It's been about 10 years since I've seen this movie. So needless to say, there's been some things that I forgot about or things I remember or just some things that are excellent now and things that are not. So I can't wait to get into that. And then, of course, in this review i'm going to give you some updates in regards to the scream series i've been watching um you know the amc fear fest and various movies but i spent the time to watch scream 2 and scream 3 of course we skipped number four and i have some updates to give you on that so i'm going to get uh i'll give you that in movie and music news so i'm looking forward to it and uh why don't we just go ahead and roll right into some movie and music news Alright guys, so first up in movie news, Bruce Campbell has confirmed that he's going to be reprising Ash for Army of Darkness 2. Can you believe that? We're going to be getting Army of Darkness 2. It's going to be crazy. Uh, I guess it was at Wizard World Nashville uh, last week 
And, you know, he was asked about the rumors that are going on. Uh, you know, and, you know, previously he kind of was just laughing off the suggestions and everything like that. But he said uh, the last one was 22 years ago. Can you believe that? 22 years ago, man, that movie came out. Crazy. And I just haven't been racing to do it. So Sam Raimi is just a little, you know, bit busy making big movies in Hollywood. I used to be busy. Now I'm not. That's why I'm here at this Comic-Con. You know, because think about it. He was in Burn Notice, and Burn Notice has recently ended. And I haven't actually heard of any current spinoffs or any sort of other TV shows he's going to be doing. But he did get downright serious and finally just say, yes, uh, I'm going to be in Army of Darkness too. So it's going to be exciting. I have no idea when filming starts or anything like that. Just have full confirmation that he is coming back for Army of Darkness too. Now... Uh, the weird thing is, is that Beetlejuice 2 is obviously in the works. We've kind of talked about this before. The question is, is Tim Burton going to be directing Beetlejuice 2 or is it Michael Keaton? I'm very, very confused because every time I see news reports on this, one says it's Michael Keaton and the other one says that it is going to be Tim Burton. So I have no idea which one it is at this point. But what I have heard though is that uh, Winona Ryder has expressed interest in coming back. Even Gina Davis uh, has reportedly said she would come back even though she's older now. She would supposedly be like a, a ghost in the film. But I guess it's, uh, you know, I guess we'll see. You know, Dumb and Dumber 2 was supposed to be filming forever and finally is getting rolling. This movie hasn't even started yet, so who knows. But that's currently the rumor going on is that Tim Burton is going to direct... Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice 2 and then Michael Keaton's going to do it so I have no idea which one it is I guess we shall find out when they decide to announce it so we have official confirmation today that Hercules has officially wrapped this is the one uh, with Dwayne Johnson in it this is stupid to me next year there's going to be two Hercules movies one starring Dwayne Johnson and one starring another guy I guess they're going to be two completely different films so can we say that we're dealing with Armageddon and Deep Impact and uh, what was the other one um, where there was two movies of the same thing, uh, Volcano and Dante's Peak. So we're going to have two Hercules movies in the same year and one of them stars somebody who's done $1.4 billion worth of money in Hollywood this year. That also includes WrestleMania, which I have no idea how that comes into play since WrestleMania has nothing to do with Hollywood. But maybe they're just, there's this thing I read where it's like Dwayne Johnson bringing in $1.4 billion uh, in 2013 with all of his movies. And then they include WrestleMania, which I thought was totally stupid. But uh, I'm, I'm assuming his Hercules is going to be pretty big next year, considering the other one has somebody in it that I've never really even heard of. But who knows? Once the trailers hit, one might look better than the other. I'm assuming Dwayne's is going to be more action-packed and the other one will probably be more story-driven. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Dwayne's is going to be more Armageddon. The other one's going to be more Deep Impact. And then he signed on for another film, which is called San Andreas. And evidently what this is, it starts shooting next year in April to come out in 2015. It's this earthquake film. So it's essentially about this uh, this devastating earthquake that happens in California. And Dwayne is a, a rescue helicopter pilot. And he's got to make basically a trip across the state to rescue his daughter that happened during this earthquake. So I guess we shall see 
how, how that all comes into play. An escape plan, as you know, came out. Good old Sly, good old Arnold. And as far as the reviews go, I would say that uh, it's not coming out as their best movie ever, but it's coming out as, you know, three stars. Uh, those who are fans of Sly and Arnold will be very pleased. So I can't wait to see this movie, man. Although I just, I have no money to go see it, unfortunately. And I'm going to close out movie news before rolling in the music news with basically some of the movies that I've been watching during the Fear Fest and kind of my thoughts. So as you know, Oktoberfest started off with Silver Bullets, but for me, I always start off October with Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween, which was just so convenient because I got that Blu-ray, which of course I did that bonus review for you guys. Hopefully you went out there and bought it. And evidently, if you go to Best Buy, you can get that John Carpenter's Halloween without the damaged uh, booklet that you you know I kind of talked about you can just get it in a regular blu-ray case but I don't know if you get like the 30 page booklet inside that I do not know but I have seen pictures of it being in a regular blu-ray case so uh, essentially I watched John Carpenter's Halloween and then I watched Silver Bullet right after that I watched Halloween 2 and then H2O and then AMC's Fear Fest started up so uh, I eventually started watching the Candyman movies, Candyman 1 and 2, which as a kid I thought was really, really good. And now re-watching was just really terrible. I didn't enjoy it at all. I mean, the bees kind of freak me out, but uh, it's just it's not very good. Part 2 was even worse. So I unfortunately was like, oh, that sucks. So then I threw in Scream 2. I figured, you know what? I want to get through the rest of the Scream series, have a rewatch, see how it goes. I will say this. Um, I I still like Scream 3 better than I like Scream 2. As I said, with Scream 1, I gave it four and a half stars. For Scream 2, I said I gave it three stars. And then Scream 3, I gave four stars. I'm going to raise Scream 2 to three and a half. Because watching it again, even though I don't, you know, there's various things that just feel a little bit flat for me. Uh, I like the opening, but I can't stand Jada Pickett Smith. She's just so annoying. Um, you know, some of it's just, some of it is just kind of like it feels like they were trying way too hard in this movie, and that's why some things don't feel as smooth as number three does. Because number three, number one, of course, uh, is just it's so simple, just like the first movie. You know, and what I like is with number three is you're going back to the beginning. You see things that you recognize, that you know. Uh, you just have one killer that you're dealing with. Uh, they raise the stakes with the killer having me being able to change the voice, which is really cool. And it was just, it, it was funny. And it was just so, it was just a, a good time. And I guess a lot of people hate Scream 3. But those people probably love Scream 4, right? But with number two, you know, there were various things I did forget that were very good. You know, Randy is just stellar as always. Uh, it was just fun seeing the film school stuff and talking about the rules. Although it was kind of irritating when they try to tell you the rule number three, it gets cut off. Versus when you watch the trailer, you actually get to hear the third rule. Uh, but it was pretty cool, man. Um, I, I definitely liked it a little bit more, so I, I raised my score to three and a half. And then Scream 3 was just so much fun. It was just funny. It was action-packed. It was a good time. So that one still stays at four. So I would rank them as one, three, and two. 
is how I would rank the series. And then number four, number four doesn't even exist, just like Halloween Resurrection doesn't even exist. We don't give those movies any credit whatsoever. And then I started watching the Friday the 13th movies, which was very, very cool. You know, they are on AMC Fear Fest and you know, it was pretty cool. There's some things I really didn't realize that basically two, three, and four are kind of their own, you know, trilogy. And Jason dies for the first time in four. He's not some unstoppable killing machine. That kind of becomes later on in the series, which I kind of dig. You know, uh, of course, number five is kind of the Halloween three of the series, trying to do something different. And then we get Jason Lives, which brings us back and. Uh, brings Jason back to us like Halloween 4 would do. So that's been super fun. Jason X is such a good time. That movie is just so good. And I cannot wait to watch the remake. I love the remake. I think the remake uh, may be my favorite of the whole entire series. But as you know, I'm going to rewatch it just to verify and make sure. Uh, it's been super fun. Silver Bullet was on last night, which was uh, definitely enjoyable. But unfortunately... I fell asleep. I did see American Werewolf in London, and as you know, Puppet Master won, and American Werewolf won, and I've not seen Puppet Master, but thank God it's in this AMC Fear Fest, which is supposed to tape tonight. So that will be ready just in time for me to watch for next week's episode, and then we'll be ending the STL October Fest with American Werewolf in London, and there's some things I gotta say about that movie, and I cannot wait until we get there. So those are pretty much been the movies I watched. And then, of course, I watched Child's Play last night. So I'm excited to revisit Child's Play 2 and Child's Play 3, of course. And we'll t discuss more of those as we get into the actual review of Child's Play. So in music news this week, we got some really good singles that have come out. Uh, currently, my favorite by far is Let Me Go. Uh, by Avril Lavigne featuring Chad Kroger from Nickelback. This is uh, the cover. The single cover looks very cool. It's Avril Lavigne sitting at a piano in a black dress. So instantly you're like, this is going to be a different vibe. You listen to it and it's just this beautiful slow tune. And you just have you know Chad in the background, which of course they're married if you didn't know. And then he comes in and does his singing part. It's just beautiful. It's got awesome piano. It's definitely an amazing tune. I dig it. It's awesome. And then, of course, good old TLC has a new album out, 20. Now, as you know, uh, TLC uh, hasn't come out with an album for a very long time, of course, because Left Eye died and the girls called it quits, which only makes sense because that's their core group, TLC, you know. And uh, the two girls remaining, T-Boz and Chili, uh, made a song called uh, Meant to Be. However, here's the only bad thing, is that this album, of course, is their greatest hits. Anything from Ain't Too Proud to Beg, What About Your Friends, Baby, 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 No Scrubs, I'm Pretty, all those fun songs. However, Meant to Be is the new song, and it's album only if you go on iTunes. The album itself is 10 bucks, but if you want this new song... You can listen to it all you want and preview it, but if you want to buy it, you got to essentially pay 10 bucks for this song, which really sucks. I'm fine with certain tunes being album only, which are usually like bonus tracks or unreleased tracks, but if this is the whole purpose of doing this album is just so you can have this one song released, you should release it to the fans. That's just not fair. I don't dig that. I don't think that's cool. I think that's bad marketing, and that's why you get bad reviews. Because people aren't saying that the album sucks or that the song sucks. 
they're pissed off at you because how you're screwing them over and you get bad reviews. If you got to really read those things to see what's going down. But, uh, you know, I highly recommend Let Me Go by Avril Lavigne. It's a good tune. It may show up in the Underground Hour. You never know. If you are a fan of uh, TLC, you want to hear the new song, it's very good. I dig it. Or maybe you don't have any of their songs. This would be, obviously, the best time to go ahead and buy this album. And funny enough, in our STL Underground Hour group, we've been talking a lot about Royals and uh, Britney's song, you know, Work It and... You know, here's the thing. Uh, I've been accused of not liking Royals because it's a slow song, which, you know me, I if I didn't like slow songs, why would I have a slow jam of the episode in every single Underground Hour? Now, granted, uh, usually they're more upbeat, but if it's a slow song and it's great, it's a slow song and it's great, okay? Royals, I just don't like because it's a trash song. I just hate that song. I can't put my finger on it. I hear it everywhere. It drives me crazy. I can't stand that song. But there's other tunes that at first I really didn't dig and now I'm totally digging them, which is Wake Me Up by uh, Avicii, which is a really good song. There's uh, Summertime uh, Sadness. Uh, I forgot the artist who sings it. I got to look it up. But that's a really good tune. And at first I was like, ah, this one's okay. Applause. The more I listen to the song, the more I dig it. And then at the same time, the more I listen to it, the more I hate it. Because I still have no idea what she's saying in the chorus. And when I can't understand what you're saying, it drives me insane. So it's like anytime those are on the radio, I'm blasting them. But I'm just like, oh, Lady Gaga, you got to not be so overreduced on your next single. So that way I can understand every word that you're saying. So... Uh, those are the tracks for you guys to check out for sure is the Never Let Go by Avril Lavigne. Check out that sucker. It's amazing. Make sure you check out that TLC song. See if you need more of these tracks and then buy the album. And then the ones currently in the top 10, uh, Avoid Royals, but I'm sure most of you out there dig it. Eminem's got a new song, Rap God. I haven't checked it out yet. And then Wake Me Up. Uh, by Abseli is Good Times. I'm digging it. And then, of course, we have Applause by Lady Gaga, which, as I said, it's number 10, and I like it, but I hate it at the same time. That's just how it is. So that is it, guys, for movie and music news. So let's get into the review of Child's Play. Everyone has a birthday they'll always remember. Accidents happen at home. How did that happen? This is no accident. Andy! I'm Detective Mike Norris. Homicide. Andy! Miss Peterson's dead. She fell from the kitchen window. Someone's moved in with the Barclay family. And so has terror. Mommy, I know who is on the counter. Andy! Who, Andy? 
Chucky. Nobody believes you about Chucky. He came alive in my hand. I, I, I... Oh, for God's sake. Why won't you believe? Because I'm sane. This is Barkley. Sane and rational. No one believes the truth. Or lives to tell it. There's nothing nice about murder. And there's nothing innocent about child's play. Now that, that might have been my biggest mistake in all of this. The batteries, the damn batteries. I, I can't believe I didn't think of that. But you know, <laughs> sometimes a mistake turns out to be a gift. Now here's something. I dug being able to turn my head like that. I'm a horror movie fan. Big f***ing shock, I know. But having the opportunity to turn my head and mimic a classic horror movie like that almost makes me want to cry. Alright guys, so let's talk some Child's Play. Now I am a big Chucky fan. There's just something about him. I think maybe it's his laugh. He definitely has the craziest laugh I can just think of. And the Child's Play movies, as you know, 1, 2, and 3, most people's eyes are very solid, very scary films. Then you get Bride of Chucky, which took a more comedic turn. And there's uh, a lot of audiences that hate that movie. And then there's few that like it. And then there's Seed of Chucky, which the majority of everybody out there absolutely hates that film. And then we get uh, Curse of Chucky, which just recently came out and tries to be a reboot of sorts. And I've heard various different things on that. That one I haven't watched yet. But with Child's Play, it's definitely a classic. And to piggyback off of the last episode, Scream, as you know, towards the end of the episode, Jameson and I spent a lot of time talking about thrillers and just how the movies of today in, regard, in regards to the horror just aren't scary. They're just gore fest or, you know, torture porn, whatever you want to call it. I miss being scared. And Child's Play Although it's a very fast movie, and I mean it is fast, it is beat by beat, I almost was like, wow, I'm halfway through the film already and it felt like it had just started. It is very creepy and intense and good times. This is the kind of stuff that I was talking about. So let's get into this. So first up, this movie came out in 1988. It was written by Don Mancini, who wrote every single one of these movies and, in fact, went ahead and directed um, the newest movie, Curse of Chucky, but he wrote every single one of these movies. The movie stars Catherine Hicks, which if you've ever seen the television show, it was a big show, uh, Seventh Heaven, which had uh, then-unknown Jessica Biel in that show. Um, you know, that's kind of who you may know Catherine Hicks from if you haven't seen this film. Chris Sarandon, which I love this guy, a big fan of his from, of course, Fright Night, the classic Fright Night. And then in the remake, he makes a cameo appearance. We have Alex Vincent, who is very, very cute and definitely uh, really great in this movie. 
And we have Brad Duroff, who is Chucky. And crazy, crazy voice this guy has. So, movie comes out November 9th, 1988. It's got moderate success. Nothing too big. But give it a little time. You get the fanfare, you know, word of mouth out there. All of a sudden, this movie starts to really pick up. And uh, then shortly later, we get a sequel. So here's essentially the deal with this movie. We got our main guy, Charles Lee Ray. That's Brad Duroff. As you know, it's going to be Chucky. His name is the Lakeshore Strangler. This takes place in good old Chicago. So it's going to be some fun times talking about. But essentially, he's a serial killer. And he also does voodoo on the side. How convenient and fun is that? So we have our main detective of the movie, Mike Norris. Gotta love that. Uh, Chris Sarandon is the guy that plays Mike Norris. Now, uh, he's a homicide detective. So he's going after uh, Eddie Caputo and uh, Chucky, uh, or as they like to call him, just Charles Lee Ray. That's kind of his nickname, which you'll find out later. But he's pursuing Eddie Caputo and, and Chucky. And what happens is is that uh, Chucky's friend uh, and also his driver at the time in the beginning of the movie, he betrays him and he drives off. Uh, you know, they don't tell you what what's going on. Basically, it just starts off and he's running from Mike. So you don't really know what happened prior. You can kind of make that up in your own mind. But essentially, he's uh, he gets abandoned because uh, Eddie takes off. So Charles gets shot in the leg and he eventually ends up in this toy shop trying to escape Mike. And, you know, discovering the fact that he's bleeding to death, he decides he's going to swear revenge on him and Eddie and he's going to transfer his soul into the body of a doll, which is called Good Guy Doll. So for those of you who live in the life of reality, that would be the, uh, you know, my buddy, you know, my buddy, my buddy, you know, I'm not going to sing the song, but essentially my buddy, the real life version is what Chucky is in this movie. So how many of us had a my buddy doll and threw that sucker away after you saw this movie? Uh, but as his soul is transferring to the Good Guy Doll, we get lightning, destroys the store, uh, Mike survives, though, of course, and finds Charlie Ray dead, and it's time to move on to the next case. So the next day, uh, we see um, the mother of the main story, which we have Karen Barkley, played by Catherine Hicks. Uh, we have our main kid actor, Andy, played by Alex Vincent. And, you know, he wants nothing more than a good guy doll for his sixth birthday. So what happens is, is that his mom goes ahead and purchases a uh, purchase the doll from this peddler um, outside of her work. And the night that uh, she gets home, she gives him the doll. Everything's good, but she has to go back to work. So her best friend, Maggie, uh, who's also a co-worker, you know, says, yeah, sure, no problem. I'll go ahead and babysit him. All is good. So when Andy falls asleep, Chucky um, decides to, he, he wants to watch the news and he gets up and he goes and watches the news and, you know, Maggie gets pissed off and is yelling at Andy about why'd you let the doll in here to watch the news? And of course, that's not the case. So as Andy falls asleep, Chucky gets out and attacks Maggie, hits her in the head uh, or in the face with uh, a little good guy hammer. And she falls out of a big story window. If you look at the poster, you'll see the building that she falls out of. In fact, it's actually, you know, that scene. 
So uh, Karen returns home, sees that the police are all in her house, including Mike. Um, and, you know, Mike suspects that Andy did the killing of Maggie. I mean, who wouldn't, right? So Karen then, you know, becomes concerned after Andy claims that Chucky is alive. So the next day, Andy uh, and basically skips school and he goes to a part of Chicago by the train, which we'll get into in a little bit how this all goes down. But, you know, uh, essentially what happens is Andy and Chucky, they go to Eddie Caputo's place and Chucky blows that place up into smithereens. It's crazy. Now, of course, Andy, you know, goes to the police station and Mike thinks that Andy is the murderer and Andy is sent to a mental hospital for a few days. Um, but Karen discovers when she comes home that the batteries that came with the doll fall out of the box meaning that there was no batteries in the doll and she threatens to burn chucky alive he comes to life bites her escapes it's a crazy scene we'll get into in a little bit but you know uh despite the fact that this happened and karen is trying to explain this to mike he doesn't care so she's frustrated so she decides she's gonna find the peddler that sold her the doll which happens to be right where eddie uh was killed roughly and then the peddler actually tries to almost rape her, but Mike comes in, saves the day, and finds out where the peddler got the doll from. And Mike, you know, drops off Karen at her apartment, but, you know, he's still got his doubts, of course. So on his way home, Mike, uh, you know, runs into Chucky. Chucky was in the back of his car, attacks him, and Mike and Chucky have a fight, but he shoots Chucky. He takes off. Mike eventually meets up with Karen at Chucky's old place. And, you know, discovers that he learned black magic from this witch doctor named John. So they decide to find him before Chucky does. Well, of course, Chucky shows up at John's apartment, demands to know, you know, why did he get wounded? And that's when John claims that, you know, Chucky, you're becoming human now and you're going to be trapped in that doll the longer you stay in it. You're going to become more human the longer you stay in the doll. So Chucky, he demands that, you know, you got to tell me how to get out of this. You got me into it. You got to get me out, which obviously isn't the truth, but you know how criminals are. So uh, Chucky uses voodoo to his advantage and he creates a voodoo doll and he starts to break John's limbs and his legs and arms and finally finds out that uh, you got to re- you got to find the person that you revealed yourself to that you were alive and that's the person that you can transfer your soul into which happens to be Andy who's a six-year-old kid so he's excited I get to be six-year-old again of course he kills John but not before um, Karen and Mike come in to get the information that they need so then they head over to the mental hospital to go save Andy so Andy you know sees Chucky is after him tries to warn his doctor but of course the doctor doesn't care Chucky sneaks in the hospital and he steals uh, the keys to get the Andy cell but the doctor you know he's about ready to kind of put Andy to sleep Chucky comes in kills the guy by electrocution Andy escapes heads back home because that's where his mom told him to go if he's ever in trouble so Karen and Mike uh, go back to the apartment and discover that Andy uh, is you know he's trapped behind the door while Chucky is you know because Chucky and Andy they kind of have a little fight But Karen comes in in the nick of time, throws Chucky into uh, this fireplace, and Andy goes ahead, lights him on fire. And even though he's burned to a crib, Chucky survives, and he's going after Andy. Uh, Mike's now been wounded, and Karen shoots him a few times, but Chucky's into pieces. And he's still able to 
go after them with just his body. But finally, Chucky gets shot in the heart. He's finally dead. And the movie's over. So technically speaking, if there was no Child's Play 2, 3, 4, 5, whatever we're at now, I mean, this is from, I mean, as fast as I told you, this review is pretty much as fast as this movie goes. This movie's 87 minutes. This is a fast movie. This movie does not waste any time. It is super fast from beginning to end. And it just surprised me just how fast this movie went. Good time. So let's start off from the beginning. The stuff that I really dig. Now, first off, this movie's in Chicago. In fact, there's two movies that were filmed by my house. One of them is Backdraft which uh, there are many scenes in that movie that are right around where my house used to be and this police station and the one where later on in the film when when Karen goes to talk to Mike and Mike's trying to say, you know, good night, you know, and then she decides that she wants to take off and go find the peddler. That same police station is the one that was right by my house that I would walk by all the time. So right off the bat, that's one of the reasons why I love this movie is it was filmed by my house. Of course, I didn't know at the time I was a kid, but you know, it's just so cool when you watch a movie that's filmed where you live and you know being in chicago it was very cool you know a lot of movies are filmed in chicago it was just cool that two of those were right by my house so you know when the movie starts off and we see you know charles lee ray for the first time it's hard to believe that this guy is the voice of chucky you know he is not the biggest actor in the world you know of course he would be sheriff bracket in the rob zombie movies but his voice i clearly this guy was hired for his voice i mean Really, this is the only time in the series that you're going to see this guy. But he's effective in the beginning. You can just tell he's one mean dude. And you have, uh, you know, Chris Sarandon chasing after him. And I'm just like, man, that's my boy, Fright Night, good times. And it's pretty cool when you go in the toy store and you see some of those old school toys like She-Ra he-man and just some of those random toys in there i i was really enjoying that scene as you know as chucky is or charles we won't call him chucky yet but as charles is just walking through the toy store trying to avoid mike you just see all those toys everywhere it's just i really like movies like this where you can look at all that stuff in the background and be taken down a nostalgia trip it's always fun now this movie is not perfect there is no perfect movie we've established this a million times and there's a few mistakes in this film, clearly, just like any other film. And, you know, right off the bat, when you have Charles pulling out Chucky, his hands are full of blood. But yet when he's touching Chucky and he gets put back in the box, I mean, there's no blood anywhere on Chucky. So you would think if this guy's really touching him on the head, that the Chucky doll would be full of blood. But, you know, it's... It's just a simple mistake, not really a big deal, nothing that's going to tear down the star rating, but it was just something I noticed instantly where I'm like, man, you are so full of blood. How are you not getting it on the Chucky doll? Uh, But Andy, he is, you know, when you first see this guy, he's like a walking my buddy. He looks exactly like Chucky, which of course was the point, but the outfit that he's wearing, man, it just creeps me out thinking of my buddy. I don't know. My buddy always looked kind of weird anyways, but when this movie came out, it just made it worse. But I like Andy, you know, he's a very good kid actor. You know, kid actors, of course, are not going to win any Oscars. Uh, I think probably one of my all time favorite kid actors would be, uh, Daniel Harris in the Halloween movies. She was always excellent. Andy's good, man. He is definitely sweet. He's very innocent. I think that's the word that I'm looking for. Very, very innocent. 
And I mean, later on in the film, when he cries, it's so touching. But I dig this kid. I mean, obviously, he's very innocent and easily manipulated, but what six-year-old isn't? But one of the things that I really, really love in this movie that really is effective, which you wouldn't think it would be, is they always have Andy talking to Chucky, and then he puts the doll to his ear. So you get the effect that Chucky is talking when clearly he's not. It's just a regular doll attached to the side of his face. But uh, the way that they do it covers up Chucky's face to where you couldn't tell it wasn't moving. But it's a really cool effect. It makes you definitely suspend disbelief, and it puts you in this world super fast. I don't know what it is. There's just something about the way that either the camera work is done or just he just pulls it off and makes it so believable that every time that Andy puts the Chucky doll to his ear, you believe that Chucky's talking to this kid and saying the things that Andy says that Chucky is saying. Now, when we see Andy for the first time, you know, he's making breakfast for his mom and stuff. Dude, this guy spills so much milk all over the place. When he's like, he's trying to be sweet, but he's clearly making a mess of uh, breakfast. And I'm telling you, man, his mom has some big patience, man. Because my kid walked in having spilled milk all over the place. I would have been like uh, irritated. There's no way I'd be all like, hey, sweetie, how's it going? You know, kind of thing. You know, I just dig that. It's cool. I mean, it instantly shows you the relationship that Andy and, and his mom have. They're just super tight. It's like anything Andy does never makes her mad kind of thing, you know? And I I wish I could be like that. Just not let stupid little things like spill milk kind of irritate me, you know? Instead of getting all upset like, man, you just spill milk all over the carpet. Now I gotta go clean it up. It's just like, ah, whatever. You just spill milk. Who cares, you know? I wish I could be like that. But it's good times. I really dig. The first time you see Andy, you instantly get the fact of this is a good kid. Now, I love the commercial to the good guy. When, you know, Andy's watching the good guy stuff and they're, you know, promoting the doll. And when the thing says, this thing says three sentences, all I could think to myself is, dude, wait till you see what happens in 2013. You're going to have no clue what kind of technology we're going to have nowadays. I mean, back then in 1988, man, having a toy that said three sentences. Oh, that was awesome. I mean, my favorite toy, hands down, was the Kenner talking kit where you press down the license plates and there was this little record at the bottom of kit and he would say like three or four things i can't remember maybe it was like five even six maybe i mean it was huge but the thing is the more you play it the record will wear out so after like a month you were dead so that's why on ebay you'll see this car go for like four or five hundred dollars especially if it's mint in the box because that record still works but it only lasts for like a month. Nowadays, you just, you know, you push the gas tank and now Kit talks, he lights up, he says like 15 or 20 different things. It's crazy. And it only costs you like 50 bucks, you know, but I love that. Three sentences. I just, I started cracking up and I'm just like, man, we got a good today in regards to technology, don't we? Now, me, I saw a lot of horror movies when I was a kid. I don't know. My mom never really liked it, but at the same time, she never would tell me to stop, you know, as long as she didn't have to watch them. So, of course, I saw this movie as a kid. And when, you know, Andy has that big box 
and he opens it up and you find it's closed and you see his face. I mean, I was so like Andy. Anytime Christmas happened, you got clothes and you got to love his mom. Just like, oh, it, it could fit. She's all excited and he's all pissed off and sad that he didn't get his good guy doll. I totally felt that scene. It brought back so much memories of just being a kid and just being disappointed when you open a big box and it's closed. That's like the worst thing that ever happened to a kid. If you're going to give them clothes, give it to them in a tiny box. Don't give it to them in a big box because you're giving them these big expectations and then you just ruin them by having them open this big box and it's full of crappy clothes. So when Karen finally does buy Chucky and you know we have the peddler, uh, definitely a fun scene when you're first meeting uh, Karen's best friend, you know, Aunt Maggie, she's definitely good times just, you know, giving the peddler hard times about getting the doll. And then, uh, Karen gets back and has her douchebag of a boss, just like, Oh, who cares? You know, you got to come to work. And, Oh man, that Walter guy, he was on screen for like two and a half minutes. And that guy was, Oh, you just did not like that guy. You know, it's definitely nobody in this movie does a bad acting performance. Everybody is solid. So this guy did a great job of just being the total jerk of a of a boss, especially when it's your kid's birthday and he just doesn't give a care, you know. But I got to love, man, when Andy opens that doll and first thing it says is, hi, I'm Chucky, you know. It's like, oh, it's just the way he looks. I mean, let's just talk about Chucky in general in this movie. Yes, we have a few bad scenes of a small person in a suit. Uh, But most of the time, I would say 97%, Chucky looks solid in this movie and is so effective to this day because they they knew what they were working with and they shot it at certain points well. And it just, man, it's so good. I think the only bad thing I could say about Chucky is his hands. Like in the very beginning scenes where he's grabbing stuff looks bad. But for the most part, especially once he turns real, man, he is a scary ass doll. No wonder kids to this day are scared of this thing because he is just creepy looking and oh man, it's so good. So 97% of the time, Chucky is very believable and it is good times. And the thing I love is the point of view stuff. You know, they don't do much point of view uh, shots. I mean, of course, Halloween did it, made it famous. Uh, but I love the point of view stuff because unlike Michael Myers, we would see it slow. With Chucky, this guy's fast. This guy's running, man. This guy is super, super quick, which gives you a different perspective of the point of view shot, making it that much more terrifying. Good stuff, man. So, Two thumbs up for Chucky in this movie. Um, in regards to the Child's Play 2, I thought he looked a little bit weird. Uh, and he looks better in 3. But for this movie, man, excellent. I mean, in all honesty, I think Bride of Chucky is the best movement that they ever did for Chucky. Where he's 100% believable. But for this movie and the year it was made, it's fantastic. I dig it. Now, the first time I saw this movie, and I say this every single time I watch this movie, is when Maggie picks up Chucky and she's dragging Chucky to Andy's room. And Chucky's just like hitting the walls and stuff like that. That was an instant death sentence. That's why he didn't like you. 
and that's why you went out the window. If she would have just been nicer to Chucky, he wouldn't have messed with you. So I every time I see her dragging him, man, I'm just like, oh, instant death sentence. But that scene, very good, man. It is just, it's creepy. It's suspenseful. It's dark. The lighting is great. Uh, when she gets hit in the face and goes out the window is kind of crazy. I mean, it, you kind of think that she really wouldn't have gone out the window if she got hit in the head. I mean, it probably would have made more sense if they would have had her slip on something versus just getting hit in the head because she kind of goes back kind of far. So that was a little bit of a stretch. But overall, the scene was just so good and suspenseful that it didn't really take away from it too much when she actually goes out the window. And uh, it was a fantastic shot of whatever they used. Uh, Mannequin, I would assume, hitting that truck. Man, it was good times. Now, the uh, bus that you see Karen get off of before she heads up to her apartment, those buses are crazy. I used to ride those all the time. And they are like ridiculously hard to sit on. It hits so many bumps. It's like the worst place you can go is a Chicago bus ride. It's terrible. So I just wanted to throw that out there. But, man, I love the Chucky on the counter scene. You know, just the whole investigation of Mike talking to Karen, you know, talking to Andy and just that mystery there and just the whole works, man. It is just good times. And then there's a scene that happens, you know, right after this where, you know, Andy decides to take Chucky on for a ride on the subway. So I can tell you the subway is not free. So how did Andy get the money to pay for the subway? I'm very curious on it. Number one, I mean, there's no way that would happen today with a little kid being on a subway by himself in Chi-Town, you know, the murder capital of the United States. I don't think so. Let alone, I mean, in 88, yeah, it could be passable, but I've still always wondered how the heck did he pay to get on that subway? You know, I mean, it's definitely something you're not really supposed to really question or let it bother you. Because like I said, this movie's fast. So I think some of the little details they really don't care about. They just want to get from point A to point B to point C and be done with this movie. And for the most part, little minor nitpicks, man, they do a good job of that. Now, the uh, Eddie Caputo scene, good times. Uh, I definitely dig it. That's kind of where the hand looks really bad is when Chucky's trying to like turn on. Uh, like open the the stove and turn on the gas. That's where it looks really bad. The next time you see his hand later on in the film where he's grabbing the keys, that looks good. Uh, it's a good fun scene. Although, man, that building blows up and Andy was like there just like a few seconds earlier. How did Andy not blow up? You know, but whatever. Still moving on. Uh, the best scene though, man, hands down, my favorite scene of the film is Chucky Comes Alive scene. This still is great uh it's not as effective for me as silver bullet uh you know four words scary ass bridge scene is but it's still a good one man when she grabs that box and the batteries fall out and the music hits and she goes and finds out the batteries aren't there and he turns his head exorcist exorcist style and he's like you know hi i'm chucky want to play and she drops him and tries to throw him in a fire and he comes alive he's like you stupid you know he starts beating her up and bites her and man it is some scary stuff man good times they do the shadow work very well uh for this part of the movie where you can you can not tell that it's a small person in a suit it looks like a doll running to the elevator or in the elevator just the way it's shot 
And man, this is my favorite scene of the whole entire film. It is excellent. Now, the only scene that really bothers me, and it's actually a legitimate reason. I know I nitpicked a little bit before, but this one actually bothers me. Is we have Karen trying to convince Mike for about a good 15 minutes, I would say, that Chucky is real. And, you know, after the investigation and just everything that Mike has to go through with Karen. So... When Mike finally gets attacked by Chucky, and of course, you know, previously he had told Karen where Charles Lee Ray's house is, and we see Karen show up at his house, and then Mike comes in and just starts talking to her about Chucky, she never once ever says, oh, so now you believe me. It's like, I don't know if it's like a throwaway scene or whatever, but it's just like he just walks in, starts talking about Chucky, and they're on their way to do their mission, and it's just like... it. I just needed a line or something that just says, oh, now you believe me? Yeah, he attacked me in the car. Something like that that would have just been like, well, why are all of a sudden you believe me now? It was just too convenient. It's the only scene that I I have an issue with. And most people aren't going to have a big, you know, it'll be no big deal to them, whatever. But it's always bothered me ever since I've seen this. of just like, well, that was convenient, you know. But, you know, moving on. Uh, of course, the scene that gets real suspenseful is where Chucky tries to go after Andy in the hospital. Now, clearly, we can tell that somebody is in a Chucky suit, you know. And for the most part, it's very believable. Uh I mean, because the person is obviously bigger than a doll, but the only time it looks bad is where um, Chucky gets the scalpel and he's going to go stab the doctor and you get the close up of the face and the face is like really big. That's the only time it looks bad. It's probably the worst shot in the whole entire film in regards to special effects. But it's still a very fun scene when he starts crying about, please don't kill me. Man, you're just feeling that kid. And when he that doctor got electrocuted, I was like, man, I wonder if that could really happen. But just the way that the eyes look and the mouth looks all bloody and stuff, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it could happen. It's all good, I guess. But yeah, man, good times. I love it. That is excellent. And then when we get, uh, you know, Andy versus Chucky. <sighs> I mean, when Andy's on the floor and Chucky's on top of him, going to do, I should say, the much longer version of the voodoo chant than earlier in the film. Because, you know, earlier in the film, he does the chant in six seconds and then he's transferred in the doll. But with this one, he just takes a sweet time. It's like two minutes later, he's still doing the chant. So I just found that convenient, too, which was kind of funny. But you mean Andy's eyes are moving and it's like, okay. You know, you just got hit over the head with a baseball bat. And, you know, clearly you just couldn't keep your eyes still for this scene, which is fine, you know. But, man, when he throws that match in there and it's like, this is the end, friend. It's really the only cheese fest of Andy in this movie because it's like this is the only time where I feel like he's trying too hard. But I think the producer or director was like, this is the scene that's going to be in the trailer. This is an awesome line. Say it right. You know, it's, it was the only line that although I love the line itself, it's the only line that felt forced from Andy. It was, the only, you know, like where it didn't feel like his character, you know, because all the other times he's just the way he talks. He just has this certain nature and, and quality and innocence to him. But he was like, this is the end, friend. It just felt like, I don't know, it was a little bit off, but it's still a fun scene, man, especially when he's all burning up and stuff. You're like, oh, man, Chucky's dead. Now, I should back up a little bit. Uh, my favorite, 
you know, my favorite Chucky moment, I would probably say in all the all the movies put together, has to be the elevator scene where the old couple's like, oh, you know, what an ugly doll. And he's like, F you. Man, I still crack up so bad every time I hear that. I know it's coming. I know what it sounds like in my head. But every time I hear it, just the way that it's delivered is so good. I cannot stop from laughing at that part. It's just so funny. Now, I think the best scare moment has to be where Karen has her face to the door and Chucky's stabbing through the door and he does like three or four times and man it is just good i mean earlier in the film you know chucky's trying to stab mike through the chair you know through his uh his seat in the car you know he's first in the back and then he's at the bottom of it but this door shot is just done so well i mean it was like timed perfectly because you know there was no like you know how some movies like for example nightmare on elm street you can see where nancy's supposed to step in the stairs so she can get her feet full of the you know goo tar whatever they use but for this door man that was a real knife going through the door and it was like perfectly synced to where it didn't hit her face but it was so close best shot of the film for me man i love that it's scary it's still effective it's excellent it's good times and uh you know overall man when we get the end of the film and chucky's going into pieces and getting shot and stuff it's cool man it's just a fun ending this whole movie like i said is very fast i mean when i was halfway through the movie i felt like i had just started i was kind of shocked of how fast this movie was the suspense scenes this is what i was talking about with scream is that uh, this movie's fast like Scream, but it takes its time to give you those suspenseful moments. You know, it takes a good 45 to 50 minutes before you see Chucky come alive. And then after that, it's balls to the walls at that point. So, man, I love this movie. I give this one four and a half stars. This one is great. Yeah, I got the little nitpicks. Uh, of course, it's not perfect, but it is very good. I mean, no doubt about it. It's the best in the series uh the effects man chucky holds up very well the story is very simple that's the thing man you keep it simple it's effective you start to water this crap down as the sequels go on it just turns out to be trash as you keep going on and on and on and on now actually i would give this one a week five just because you know the little nitpicks i had like how did andy pay to get on the sub way or you know the house blows up and andy's not there uh you know granted my biggest problem was just the conveniency uh, of certain parts it's still a very solid movie and like i said it's from a b c and we are done it is very good i dig it this is the kind of horror that i want to see today because there's a perfect amount of violence in this movie but it's not grotesque and it's not torture porn and they take their time to give you suspense moments and build things up but they keep the story fast this is how they should do the horror movies of today i don't know how cursed chucky is but from what i'm hearing it's not very good and they kind of they kind of blew it so um like i said this one is a very strong four and a half week five it's great. As far as the sequels go, I'm going to be watching two and three. Um, and probably on Puppet Master, I'll go ahead and update you guys. I want to say that two, I think I give that one a full star below, you know, drop to three and a half. I liked it, but it wasn't fantastic. And three, there were more scenes I liked in that than in two. So I probably would go kind of like I do with the Scream series. I go four and a half for one. 
Um, now I moved it to three and a half for two and then four stars for three. I probably would do the same for the rest of the Child's Play series. Now, in regards to Bride of Chucky, for me, that's more of a guilty pleasure. I have a, just a lot of fun with that movie. It's really hilarious and, you know, it's very bad. I mean, like when that guy gets hit by the truck and he explodes all over the screen, it's ridiculous. But it's just, it's a guilty pleasure, but I know it's not a good movie and I don't really, I don't put it in the Child's Play series. It's just kind of on its own thing in its own little universe. And Cedar Chucky is just terrible piece of trash garbage. So I don't know, maybe Bride, I'd probably give like, I don't know, two and a half, but it's just a fun guilty pleasure if I want to laugh kind of moment where, you know, it doesn't take itself seriously at all. But I know a lot of people hate it and that's cool, you know, but it is what it is. So that's it, guys, for the review of Child's Play. I know it was a little bit fast, but hey, this movie's fast. So let's get into uh, your emails. So let's hear what Destail Nation had to say. All right, guys. So, uh, by the way, if you hear some idiot outside with his motorcycle, nothing I can do about it. Just some moron going down my street thinking he's all big and bad with his motorcycle. So, if you hear it, I apologize. It is, you know, what are you going to do, right? So, here we go. First email comes from John the Mailman. Hello, sir. It's been a busy few weeks, and sorry I couldn't write in, but you have put out some great episodes. Well, thank you, sir. I love Child's Play. It fits into my puppet-slash-doll horror movie guilty pleasure. I believe I saw this movie at a young age, and it made me throw out all my teddy bears. Why? Because I had a bad dream that they all came to life and tried to kill me. Laugh out loud. Gotta love childhood. I agree, sir. I think you and everybody else felt that way after they saw this movie. I still love this movie, and after a rewatch, they um, they got... They get to the killing a lot faster than I remember, and only a few shots hurt this movie, where it's clearly a kid or something, but still good for what they had to work with. I give it a 4.5 guilty pleasure style. Dude, give it a 4.5, but it's not a guilty pleasure. This is a great movie. So have a great show. Consider this email delivered. John the Mailman. So thank you, sir. So much for writing in. Great to hear from you again. All right. Next one comes from good old Tawana Diver City. Here's what she had to say. Hello, Masunis and Nestail Nation. Happy Oktoberfest to you all. I just finished watching Child Play. It has to have been at least 15 years since I originally saw this film, so I had forgotten much of the plot. The rewatch was great. It was like I was watching this movie for the first time. I know I love it when that happens. The cast was excellent. Brad Dourif, also known as the doctor from Deadwood, and Chris Sarandon of, of course, Fright Night. I even like the kid who played Andy, and I ordinarily hate child actors and find them annoying, which I agree with you on that. But this kid was extremely cute, although his New York accent did throw me off a bit from the fact that this movie takes place in Chicago, which I recently visited for the first time, so that was cool. I didn't know it was in New York until I saw the ambulance and cop cars showing up outside the apartment for Maggie, which is true. That is the first time they announced this is Chicago. And let me just say, when a doll wants to watch the news... Just let him watch the news, okay, Maggie? Isn't that true? This movie was hilarious. I'm sure a lot of people uh, got rid of their My Buddy dolls and uh, 
you know, Mon Chi Chi's because of this crazy movie. My favorite scene was when the mom threatens to throw Chucky in the fire and he just goes off on her. I couldn't stop laughing. Wow, you thought that was funny? Oh man, that's good times. Um, why does Chucky like to bite people all the time? I mean, he has a knife, I'm just saying. But those really were my favorite scenes though when he would just haul off and bite people. And that's face. Oh man, so good. The effects were really good for the most part. The only not so great one is... Uh, that I saw was when Chucky supposedly hit Maggie in the eye with the hammer. Then they cut to a close-up of her undamaged face. But like I said, I really enjoyed this movie. So I gave it a 4 out of 5 stars. All right, that is it for now. See you online. Take care. Diversity. So thank you, Tawana, for writing in. Great to hear from you. Good times. All right. So our next email comes actually it's our last one comes from peter the time traveler here's what he had to say greetings masoonis and the stl nation we continue on with the october fest with the first installment of child's play the 80s horror franchise is probably more known for the name of its main villain than the actual title which is true a man uh, a name that brings the same chills when you hear other names like freddie jason and michael myers it's chucky voiced by brad duroff who has a pretty distinctive voice and I'm glad it was always the same actor throughout the entire series. Couldn't agree with you more, sir. The last thing you want is for the audience to be taken out of the movie by changing such a familiar voice, which I was really worried about uh, Curse to Chucky, but they did justice and brought him back. Uh, his line deliveries were on point. You never felt it seemed cheesy. With the movie about a talking killer doll, it would be easy to screw up lines and make it too silly to hear vulgarity coming out of the doll's mouth, which I think they screwed up with the later sequels. Uh, here's your STL connection. The actor who played Chucky's stunt double, which I find silly, uh, having a stunt double for a doll, was also Howard the Duck and Station from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Very good job, sir. Alex Vincent, who plays Andy, did an awesome job. He was believable as this innocent six-year-old who really thought Chucky was his friend. Every time he spoke to Chucky, you think he was having a conversation with a real person, which is true. The mom also uh, was great, and Detective Mike Norris was also good. Some of you may remember him from Princess Bride and the original Fright Night. It was a great cast. The writing was pretty good. I'm glad they showed us how Chucky knew black magic with the scene with the witch doctor and not just some line dropped of how he learned it. Uh, the idea of him needing the body of a first person he revealed himself to that he transferred his soul into was brilliant. Uh, it sets up for future sequels and explains why he's always after Andy and not just some random person, which is 100% true, sir. My two favorite scenes was when the detective is in the upside uh, car and he can't see Chucky running around the vehicle, which, yeah, that it was a great shot. Man, I love that. How scary would it be to be stuck in such a small space and you can't see something so small uh, that can come around quick and come out of nowhere and get you? Uh, the second scene is when the mom discovers that Chucky didn't have his batteries in. Dun, dun, dun. This movie is so great with the intense buildups. I'm glad that it's not the fast-paced running away from the killer kind of movie. It's like people are finding clues that are leading to Chucky and they're always approach uh, and they always approach the doll with caution and you don't know what the heck is going to happen. The ending is great and suspenseful. Just when you think it's over, Chucky jumps out of the vent. There's uh, that classic rule we learned in Scream, never ever assume the killer is dead. They always come back to life for one final scare. Overall, I give this movie 4.5 stars. I thought it was going to be lower until I wrote this email. I thought it was better than Silver Bullet. 
uh, on par with the first Scream. I think it holds up really well for this one. Until next time, Peter the Time Traveler. Well, sir, good good stuff. Um, you know, of course, I love Silver Bullet. It's awesome. It's good times. But thanks, guys, for your emails. It seems we are all on the same page. We're all at like four and a half stars, which is just awesome. Excellent. Good times. And uh, that is it for our emails, guys. So thank you so much. And uh, why don't we go ahead and get into the music spotlight. Here comes the ready and now. All right, guys, so for this music spotlight and keeping with the theme of, uh, you know, Halloween theme type songs or scary, whatever, um, I got a really good, fun, upbeat song. And you're like, okay, well, what's that got to do with Halloween? Well, the title, Better the Devil You Know. Yes, it's another song about Duchifer. And again, it's just a metaphor, people. This is a Kylie Minogue song. Uh, I actually heard this song originally in this movie called If Looks Could Kill. You guys have heard me. Uh, talk about this movie before uh, with Richard Grieco, but it's a super fun and dance song. Man, it is just super catchy. It's fast. It's just so. It's just one of those fun songs. But the title of the song is called "Better the Devil You Know." So hey, it fits with the Halloween stuff. Good times. So that's it for the episode, guys. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you want to write in, please do so at stlpodcast at gmail dot com or sweepdelaypodcast at yahoo dot com. If you want to follow on Twitter, STL Podcast, please go to Facebook page and like that sucker. I know there's more listeners out there. I see the downloads. There's not all you guys on the Facebook page. So let's get rolling on that. www.facebook.com slash sweep delay podcast. And then, of course, if you want to be in part of the group, the STL Nation, this is where it all happens. This is where you guys are the voice and you're the reason why the next two episodes our Puppet Master American World for London because you decided what movies you wanted to hear in Oktoberfest. And the only way that you can be a part of that is in the STL Nation. So go ahead and like that or find it in Facebook. Go ahead and ask to join and I will go ahead and add you. But remember, you got to be a real person and not no spammer. And uh, next episode is going to be Puppet Master. Uh, I've never seen this movie. And if you've listened to CCP, you've already heard Jason's thoughts. And uh, Jameson will be joining me for this. I have no idea what day we're recording, probably Tuesday. So get your emails in quick and uh, get that out. And then we'll be almost done with the Oktoberfest. And uh, I got some new underground hours that will be coming to you in November. I'm going to be doing three of those. Uh, I got two of them uh, themed towards particular artists, one of them being one that I've talked about for a long time, Aerosmith, Top 10 Aerosmith underground hour episode the other one is going to be a surprise that i can't wait for and uh yeah it's going to be good fun times so i hope you guys have a good one and i hope you enjoy that ccp episode i know it was long but man it was super fun man we talked about like 30 shows on that man it was great all right guys i think that's enough of my rambling and i hope you have a good one don't forget to check out my boys podcast movie mojo monthly flicks film and focus show me to winston the uh, Shield files, and then of course Shadowy Flight. If you like Night Rider, I'll be recording a new episode very soon for that. And that's it, guys. You have a good one. I'll catch you on Puppet Master. You guys take care. Masuna's out.
infamous. I'm one of the most notorious slashers in history, and I don't want to give that up. I am Chucky, the killer dog, and I dig it! Hi! It's me, Chucky. What do you think? Okay, sport, we're gonna have a little game of Chucky Says. Chucky Says, move your ass. Who the f*** is Martha Stewart? I don't have a problem with killing. Ali Ali Oxen Free! Get out here, you little son of a bitch! Just please leave me alone. Please. <laughs> You're dead. <laughs> Surprise! Did you miss me, Andy? I sure missed you. Long time no see, pal. No, you're dead. We killed you. You know what they say. You just can't keep a good guy down. I want to be a boy. Yes! In your face, lady! Presto, you're a ball. Presto, you're a ball. Presto, you're dead. Hi, I'm Chucky. And I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho Ha ha ha. Hi, I'm Chucky. And I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho Ha <laughs> ha Hi, I'm Chucky. And I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho Ha <laughs> ha Hi, I'm Tommy. And I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho Ha ha What's your name, buddy? Chucky. <laughs> That's incredible. You. Been very naughty, Miss Kettlewell. Well, John, it's been fun, but I gotta go. I have a date with a six-year-old boy. And you have a date with death. So long, John. I got a new game, sport. It's called Hide the soul and guess what you're it music scene's gone to hell since i've been dead just shut up and drive before i kick your f teeth in nobody leaves me nobody this is it world from now on no more mr good guy amazing isn't it Give me the power, I beg of you! Who the f*** are you? I thought you guys only said three sentences. I'm new and improved. How's it hanging, Phil? This means war. Yeah, life sure is full of surprises. It ain't the size that counts, asshole. It's what you do with it. Hey, wanna play? Hi, I'm Chucky, wanna play? Hi, I'm Chucky, wanna play? Here we go.
did it again. <laughs> Man, I really gotta get out of this body. Don't f with the chuck. Close your eyes and count to seven. When you wake, you'll be in heaven. <laughs> Ha 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 ha!